Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Baaloscha. Parshas Baaloscha, according to the Chinuch, contains five mitzvos, three positive, and two restrictions. In reality, Parshas Baaloscha is really like a roller coaster parsha. We can feel the positive uh, tension, excitement. When Moshe says to his father-in-law, No simanachnu, join us, because we are literally traveling, we are going, we're on our way to the, quote, promised land. And then, unfortunately, ouch, very shortly thereafter, it all comes crashing down. And the Torah hints at this, quote, thereafter, it all comes crashing down, by, interestingly, placing two psukim, the last two verses in chapter 10, are preceded and followed by the nunim hafuchim, the inverted letter nun. And the Talmud tells us that these two psukim, these two verses that we're all very familiar with, of Ahibin Aron, which we recite each time we're privileged to take the Torah out of the Ark. And the second verse, Uvenucho Yomar, literally when it rested, when we put the Torah back into the Ark, these two verses are found at the end of chapter 11 prior to chapter 12. And the Talmud in the Gemara Shabbos, Kuftezayin Amar Aleph 116a tells us, like, why are these two inverted nuns or brackets placed in the actual Torah itself? And the Torah tells us that, according to one opinion, the reason this is so is because, uh-oh, this is not its proper place. What does that mean? Really, and this is hinted at, says Rabbeinu Bachaya, by the Nun. The Nun is the number 50. And really, this paragraph, these two verses, belong 50 paragraphs back when the Torah describes at the beginning of the book of Bamidbar how the camps traveled. And Vahibin Soharon should have been 50 paragraphs earlier after the Torah describes, first came the tribe and the camp of Judah, then came the camp of uh, Reuven, and in the middle came the Aron. Why is it placed over here, and why are there these brackets? To teach us, that this is not its place. So if it's not its place, what's it doing here? So, the Talmud tells us it's here in order to have sick, to create a pause between the various sins, transgressions that the Jewish people have unfortunately committed. And there are those that say that there, in reality, are three Puranus, three transgressions, and the Torah 
is placing these two verses here rather than have three bad things in immediate succession, because that would create literally an environment of puranus, of adversity for the world. So before we go on, I think this concept is such a powerful one. It's basically reiterating for us that which we find at the very end of the Gemara Brachos on page 64a, whereby Rebbe Lazar said in the name of Rabbi Hanina, and we're more familiar with this as we recite this um, at the conclusion of the Enkelokeno section on Shabbos, and we cite the verse from Yeshaya, whereby, V'chol bonayach limude Hashem v'rab shlom bonoyach, meaning that all your children will be students of Hashem, and all your children will have peace. And the Talmud understands it to mean, do not read Bonoyach, your children, but Bonoyach, your builders, meaning that your children are builders. In what sense builders? So says Reb Chaim in his Nefesh HaChaim, that literally man, by his positive actions, builds a sense of positivity, if I can use that term, in this world, and God forbid, by his transgression, builds negativity into this world. And so, what we have here is something so significant as to the effect of man's actions. Hence, the Torah did not want three Puranus to create an environment of adversity by three negative actions following in succession. What is the first of these three negatives? Says the Talmud, Vayisu Mehar Hashem. Literally, and they traveled from the mountain of Hashem, a journey of three days. Now, wait a second. Let's understand what's happening here. Back at the burning bush, God says to Moshe, 50 days after you leave Egypt, you're going to come to this mountain, and you're going to serve God on this mountain. We receive the Torah. And after that, Hashem says to Moshe, I'm going to take you into the promised land. So now it's the time to go to just that, the land flowing with cholav udvash, milk and honey. What's wrong when the Torah says that they traveled from the mountain of God? Says Tosvos, in quoting the Medrash Yilamdenu, that unfortunately they didn't just travel from the mountain of Sinai, but what they did was Ketinok Hayotsemi Base Hasefer, Sheboreachlo, like a young child who leaves the schoolhouse 
he runs. If you were to stop and ask him, where are you running to, he might not be so sure. If you ask him, where is he running from, he knows exactly where he's running from. And this was precisely what happened with the Jewish people at this time. Now you might say to me, where are we getting this from? And I'd like to suggest, having seen years ago a very perceptive understanding, that here it says, Vayis'u, and they traveled, which sounds very orderly. If you recall, the Torah tells us back in Bishalach, right after the sea splits and the Jewish people are collecting the wealth and booty that the Egyptians had brought with them. They bedecked their horses and chariots with gold and silver, and the Jewish people were collecting that wealth. The Torah says over there in chapter 15, Pasuk 22, Vayasa Moshe es Yisrael. Moshe caused Israel to journey, meaning Israel didn't want to leave. Give us a few more minutes, Moshe, please, come on, please. And they were trying to put more and more wealth in their pocket. Here, what they should have done, yes, we have to go. Yes, we're going to the land of Israel. But they should have left with a krechts. They should have left with a sigh. Oy, we don't want to leave the mountain of God. After all, we were privileged to get so many mitzvos here. Had we only stayed, maybe we would have gotten more mitzvos. And for this people, who were on such a high spiritual level, this was considered a transgression on their part. And interestingly, we try to undo just this attitude. And therefore, there is a very strong statement by the Taz in Simon Kuf Lamid Beis 132 in Orachayim, where he quotes the Bach and he says, I want you to know, Ani Rogil Lomar Miyushav, I am accustomed to recite daily, okay, sitting down, Acharat Fila, after I finish prayer, the last verse in chapter 140 in Tehillim, Ach Tzadikim Yodu Lishmecha, Yeshvu Yeshorim Esponecha, Righteous men, says King David, shall surely praise your name, and the upright shall dwell in your presence. What we are saying, says the Taz, by citing that verse, is that most individuals, after praying in the morning, they have to, quote, go to work, understandably. But rather than just get up and leave the synagogue, they sit for a moment and they, by citing this verse, there is much as saying, I wish I could stay here all day. Unfortunately, I've got to go on. And again, it's an attitude. It's that krechts that we do. We don't want to leave the house of God. Interestingly, in the Shulchan Aruch, Orachayim, Simon Sadi, chapter 90, paragraph 20, the author of the Shulchan Aruch writes that when you go into a synagogue, don't sit in the very back row, unless, unfortunately, there's nothing other place. Why? You should 
go in what he calls a shear of shnei psachim, a an amount of approximately um, how many amos is that? Enough that it's going to basically show that you're not anxious to leave the base hakneses. You want to move into the shul. You're not looking to hurry out. Again, a very strong statement of attitude and purpose. Interestingly, what do we say on Friday night when we sing that beautiful zemer of Kol Mikadesh Shvi'i? So in the third paragraph, we have Hama'achrim in praise of the Jewish people. Hama'achrim l'tseismena Shabbos umemaharim lavo. Literally, those who delay the departing from the Shabbos and rush to enter it. Now, there are many that take in Shabbos early this time of the year. Wonderful. There is a mitzvah of Tosef Shabbos, adding on to Shabbos. But let's be honest, many are doing it for convenience because they don't want to eat their Friday night meal at 9 o'clock. Young children, elderly people, good. That's fine. But listen carefully. It says first, Hama'achrim l'tseis. It's one thing to take in Shabbos early, but it's another thing to delay its departure, keep it going. Don't look at the calendar and say, oh, Shabbos is over at this moment and now. No, I want to keep it going. This concept of want to keep it going is literally the way we atone for Vayisu Mehar Hashem, from literally traveling from the mountain of God, lest He give us more. We use the attitude that we want more. And finally, perhaps this can be one of the explanations for that opening Rashi, whereby in the first paragraph we're told that Aaron lit the menorah, and Vayas Cain Aaron, Aaron did what he was told to do. And Rashi says, Shaloshina, it comes to teach us that he did not deviate. Usually understood to mean that each day he did it with excitement. But I'm going to suggest that as well, perhaps it means that Loshina, he stayed on that same level. He didn't change. Meaning that once he lit the menorah in the morning, it influenced his whole day. There was no running away from, just the opposite. It was maintaining the excitement the entire day. May we learn from our past to literally rectify the past and thereby making our present and future all the brighter. Shabbat Shalom to all.